Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Football Social Daily. Welcome to Friday's Football Social Daily. This is the award-winning Premier League podcast from the Sports Social team. Hit subscribe now and don't miss a show. Can Everton dust themselves down from Derby defeat to beat managerless Leeds United? Sean Dyche with plenty still to do at Goodison Park, but beat Leeds and the Toffees are in slightly less of a sticky situation. They'll move out of the bottom three with the Whites sliding deeper into trouble. Huge game at the bottom of the table on Saturday at three, but if that's the main course, then the starter serves up Aston Villa versus Arsenal at 12.30. The Gunners relinquish top spot to Man City midweek. Can they get back to business up against a familiar face in the Villa dugout? And of course, what Premier League weekend would be complete without yet another must-win game for West Ham? Shaky Spurs could do with the points themselves though, as well as Derby bragging rights as they strive to turn fifth into fourth. This is your Friday Fast 3, the rapid roundup of the weekend's top flight affairs. Three games, three topics and just five minutes on each. And joining me to do it, we've got Marley Anderson and Jim Salverson. Morning, boys. Good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm good. Did you watch the Europa League game last night? Barcelona against Man United by any chance? I did not. I watched the highlights and I thought, I mean, Rashford just is a different player, isn't he? To the one that's been playing for the last couple of seasons. But what a result. And from Ralph Ragnick's post-match comments as well, <laughs> Ralph Ragnick, <laughs> rewinding two years, um, Eric Ten, Hag, Ten Hag's post-match conference, he was like a little bit disappointed they didn't get more out of it. Yeah, I thought it was a really good game, Marley. I don't know if you saw any of it. Uh, I, I didn't, I, actually. I was surprised Jim watched it. I, thought, I didn't know he was allowed to watch football that good uh, with uh, with being a Conference League uh, only sort of Just said I didn't member. watch it, Marley. I watched the highlights. Oh, you only watched the highlights? All right, fair enough. I haven't. Yeah, actually, I was playing football last night, so I didn't really watch it. Um, and I knew we weren't talking about it today, so I was like, ah, sod it. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good thing because you've got Manchester United in yeah. a couple of weeks all time I'm, so. all I'm hoping from the game is that it goes to extra time at Old Trafford and uh, Barcelona win it in the 119th minute so Man United don't get an experience of penalty shootouts 
uh, and they get 120 minutes of chasing Barcelona around for uh, for the build up to the Carabao final, which is I think three and a half, four days later. So hopefully they're absolutely knackered and uh, everyone gets injured and Rashid pulls a hamstring and Casemiro gets <laughs> hay fever or something. That's the way you want to win your first trophy in however long, isn't it, as Newcastle? <laughs> because the other team have just shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> Damn right. We're going to get Spurs. Was it Spurs and Arsenal who had that poison lasagna back yeah, in the day? That's, yeah. that's what Spurs. we're planning. Yeah. Spurs versus West Ham, in fact. We're was, actually going to uh, use the uh, the Wembley lasagna. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, from lockdown. We're going to use that to uh, to poison them. Let's not. Let's not. I think we're approaching the three year anniversary since uh, coronavirus lockdown. So hopefully that is firmly in the rear view mirror. And Jim's right. Spurs against West Ham. Big game this weekend. But we'll talk about that a bit later. The first game we're going to discuss on today's episode of Football Social Daily is Everton versus Leeds United. It's a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. And it seems like every week at the moment, Jim, we're having two teams that are fighting relegation coming face-to-face against each other. A managerless side in Leeds against a team with a new manager in Everton. But Everton are back at Goodison Park after losing the Merseyside derby at Anfield on Monday. So with that in mind, are Sean Dyche's boys expected to win this one against Leeds? I think it's difficult to decide between the two at the moment, given their league positions. But, I mean, there was a renewed optimism around Everton when Sean Dyche came in, won his first game. They looked so much more organised and more compact than they had previous to that point. And everyone expected them to go into the Merseyside derby and get something from that. And it just didn't happen, largely because Liverpool, for once, turned up in that game. So I think it's important from Everton's point of view to bounce back against leads and get that win and I don't see why they shouldn't do it it's not like they performed badly in the Merseyside derby it's just Liverpool like I say turned up for maybe the first time this year so I think it will be gritty it will be ugly it will be horrible it will be a relegation six-pointer but I fancy Everton to get something out of it and Leeds United they're in disarray at the moment I think they'll be looking at their decision to get rid of Jesse Marsh and potentially regretting that decision because like Southampton They just don't know who's going to come in. They haven't got the options to bring in another manager. They've not identified the right person. And the club just feels in a little bit of a vortex at the moment, a void without being able to find whoever that next manager is going to be. How big is that Goodison Park factor, Marley? We saw it come into play against Arsenal. That was Sean Dyche's first game, though. So you could argue that was the new manager bounce in effect. But, you know, Goodison Park, when they get it going, it's... It's an intimidating place to play for opposition players. Yeah, it is. Um, I think that was one of the big reasons they stayed in the league last season. Um, you know, when they were the chips were down and they came to to needing to win games, it was the home form that got them over the line, and they need to sort of cultivate that into something that happens every week. But it's hard when you know they want a manager out and then they want another manager in, and then you know they want the board out, and it's. It's kind of counterproductive to itself because they're they're so busy kicking off at themselves and and the club that you can't fully get behind the club until something changes. And now something has with Deitch, who I don't think any of them would have picked, but I think they're all content with um, under the circumstances that he's came in. You know, hopefully they can they can start to kick on now because you know that I think I remember under Ancelotti their um, their form. I think it was their away form was like like the third best in the league or something. And I think they finished seventh under Ancelotti or whatever it was. But it proved that there was like, there's talent there if you can nurture it. But 
when they came home to no fans because it was the COVID year, you know, they, they really struggled um, because they had no atmosphere and they had no, you know, they had no like intimidating factor. So it was just became, you're just playing Everton, you're not playing Everton at Goodison Park. So that for me, like that, that couple of years where they had no fans and they did rubbish and they had loads of fans when they were fighting against relegation and they were making a racket and the, to be fair, they were probably going too far with the, um, the welcome in the bus and stuff, which turned into a let's all chuck bottles at the opposition bus. But that that's another topic, I suppose. But, you know, that went a bit too far, but it still cultivated an atmosphere where Everton almost had to give a shit. <laughs> the players had to care. Um, and then they did and they pulled themselves out of it. So if they can do that again, when things are actually looking, looking forward, then Everton can be you know, not just another relegation candidate because Deitch will will do his bit. So the fans now need to do their bit. My prediction for this, by the way, is that it will be whatever happens, it will be last on match of the day because <laughs> these are two teams that cannot score goals. Leeds just don't have the firepower. Bamford's not been out of this season on the occasions he's played. Since Everton got rid of Richarlison, they've not had any goals in them. It will be 1-0. I don't know which way it's going to go, but it will be 1-0. In a strange way, Sean Dyche would have been the perfect appointment for not just Everton, but also Leeds, also Southampton, anyone really who's struggling down there. And speaking of Leeds, it's still a, a temporary manager they've got at the helm after Jesse Marsh's sacking, Jim. But we've seen some rumours over the last 24 hours suggesting that Harry Redknapp could make a shock return to management to take on Leeds United. Is that legit for you or do you think that's just bluster? It's one of those things that happens every time. Um, if, if you get a team at the bottom of the table that lose a manager or get a manager sacked, then there are certain candidates with, that will always get mentioned. And they are Harry Redknapp, they are Steve Bruce, they are Sam Allardyce. And they, they never end up being appointed because I mean, those t two of those three, with the exception of Steve Bruce, ironically, I've been out of the game so long. I can't see them coming back and coming back to the Premier League now, particularly Harry Redknapp. He just seems like a manager from a different age now. This is annoying because I've changed the timer to five seconds to kind of startle people and Jim just <laughs> stopped his sentence dead. I'm yeah. going to have to find My another... My next sentence was brilliant, by the way. It was really insightful. Well, is Harry Redknapp going to go from King of the Jungle to King of Elland Road? Well, we'll wait and see, of course. Leeds are still without a manager and they travel to Goodison Park to take on Sean Dyche's Toffees. That's three o'clock on Saturday. Big one in the relegation shake-up. From the bottom end of the table to the top now, let's take a look at the early kickoff on Saturday. This is half past 12 star Aston Villa managed by Unai Emery who of course used to manage Arsenal Arteta's side have faltered recently including that midweek loss to Manchester City which saw them relinquish top spot to the Manchester club although they do have that game in hand can Arsenal respond Marley from Wednesday's defeat to Manchester City do they have to respond because if they slip up again they give up more ground in this title race yeah they've, they've got to respond haven't they because I mean, even if they draw, you know, the game in hand that they've got, you know, uh, is it be two points dropped and they've only got one game in hand. So, you know, that, that would trim the uh, the lead down to one point rather than three if they do go on and win that game in hand. So it's I think it's more important, to be fair, for, for just momentum. They haven't won in it before games without a win if they if they don't beat Villa. Um, Villa are showing signs every now and again of being really good and then lose a game they should probably do better in and it's got sort of been like stop start a little bit for, for Emery but there's definite improvements there from what I've seen so far um, 
and they're probably in a position to be a, a proper banana skin for for uh, for Arsenal this weekend. But I can see Arsenal getting it done um, and and sort of reigniting their season because I I, th- I thought they played well against Man City. I didn't think they didn't exactly stink the place out and just roll over. It was it was a well, me and Jim disagree, but I thought it was a good game. Um, high, I thought it was quite high quality and and quite knife edge sort of little moments in the game where Arsenal could have scored, but City defended it properly and stuff like that. And I think if they do that against Villa, I don't think Villa are going to have the um the quality to to keep them at bay for too long. Um, and with the firepower Arsenal have got, I think they'll uh, they'll come through it fairly comfortably. To be fair. Arsenal haven't won, Jim, since beating Manchester United 3-2 at the end of January. They lost to Everton in Sean Dyche's first game in charge at Goodison Park. They then drew with Brentford in those controversial circumstances with that VAR decision. And then they've gone and lost to Manchester City. So that's three games without a win. Are they losing control of this title race? Well, they're losing control, but they haven't lost control yet because they still are in the driving seat. They're level on points with City at the top of the table. They've got that game in hand as well, and that's really important. But I think from Arteta's point of view, they need to get back to winning ways and find the form that got them to the top of the table and find it quickly because it has been slipping. And we talked yesterday on the podcast how if you look at their form over the last six games, they're 11th in the table at the moment. They're right the way towards well they are slap bang in the middle of the form table and you can't maintain that type of form if you want to win the Premier League particularly when you want to win the Premier League against a team as consistent and as what's the word I'm looking for non-stop relentless Manchester City relentless that's the word I'm looking for relentless as Manchester City and we've said all along the team that beats Manchester City in the Premier League will win the Premier League and whether Arsenal have got that in them now I think that's the questions are beginning to start because they have lost that big title decider that was earlier in the week, the City versus Arsenal game. Although, as as Marley said, they didn't shame themselves in that by any stretch of the imagination. They they played well. They were unlucky to lose. And that's been the case with a few of the results they've picked up. They've been unlucky rather than, again, as Marley says, stunk the place out. But I think in terms of the confidence within the camp, and their fan base as well, in terms of believing they can win the Premier League again, they desperately need to beat Aston Villa, who have been very up and down, I think, since Uzray Emery came in. The the early optimism has ebbed away slightly for after his appointment, and they've just been a little bit shaky in recent weeks. Well, speaking of Unai Emery, of course, he's a former Arsenal manager, Marley. What sort of a dynamic will that bring into this match, or will it not at all? Uh, I think you'll be thinking about it, but it'll probably be more... I don't know, maybe probably just more the media type of thing. He seems like a very professional guy who's not not really bothered um, about, you know, the alternative narratives type of thing. But I, he wouldn't be human if he didn't want to get one over on Arsenal because, you know, they the way it ended there was, was a bit sour. Um, I thought a little bit um, blown out of proportion with, you know, the fan base just ripping him to shreds every time every time he tried to say good evening and his Spanish wouldn't wouldn't allow him to say a letter that isn't in the Spanish language. Um so he you know pronounced it wrong and that was it and the Arsenal fans just jumped on him and were like, oh this guy's this guy's a clown and blah 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 and it, it all just got a bit sour for me because he was he had he had proved previously he's a good manager and he proved at Arsenal, I think he improved Arsenal as well. Um, and he's proved it since. So, if that if that evidence is there, and you were the one exception to it, 
because he, he said a few dodgy, you know, had a few dodgy interviews he didn't really like, then I think it's a bit blown out of proportion, to be honest. But I think that'll serve him as um, with a bit of uh, extra extra fight for this game and he'll want to prove that he can go there with an underdog team, which he's used to. He's managed underdog teams all his career um, and get the win. There's the buzzer, but I did want to ask one more question on this. How much will the early kickoff be a factor, or will it not at all, Jim? 12.30 for Arsenal, Aston Villa, Manchester City are away at Nottingham Forest at 3 o'clock. One of those weird little dynamics that you sometimes get on Premier League game weeks where one team plays before the other, so they know what they've got to do, as the old cliche goes. I'm not going to answer it because the buzzer's gone. I refuse. No, <laughs> no I think, boring. I mean, yeah, it is going to play a part. City and Arsenal both having midweek games, and you I don't know, would you argue that City probably had the easier fixture at the weekend? Maybe just, but I mean, we know the tiny percentages that come into Premier League football when it comes to winning games. And you've got to say the extra two and a half hours recovery time probably does give them a tiny advantage. You can't give me a buzzer when you've done the buzzer already. You can't do another buzzer. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I got tempted. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Don't put me in charge of the buttons. That's the that's the point, basically. Aston Villa versus Arsenal, twelve thirty Saturday. It's the early kickoff to begin the Premier League weekend. Will Arsenal return to the summit, or will they stumble once again? We'll find out soon enough. Moving on now to our final topic on today's Friday Fast Three, and it is the small matter of the London derby between Spurs. And West Ham takes place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This is the last game on Sunday, 4.30 kickoff. We'll come to you first, Jim, because for me, it's felt like David Moyes has been on the brink for absolutely ages. But rumours of a sacking have kind of died down in recent weeks. Why do you think that is? West Ham are still in trouble, just two points above the drop zone and in 16th place. I don't think David Moyes ever was realistically in trouble. I think the fan base were becoming increasingly disheartened with the results and the performances, but I don't think the board ever had any intention of getting rid of him or even looking at other options. I think if they were going to do that, they would have done it by now. He is the man who will be in charge of West Ham between now and the end of the season. Potentially, they'll look at managerial options at the end of the season, but I don't think it's going to be the case between now and then. Why the rumours have died down, I think partly timing. And we had that period of the World Cup when suddenly there were a lot of questions about a lot of managers and people were going, well, now is the perfect time to make a change. You also always see that just before the January transfer window with people going, well, if you're going to bring in a manager, do it now, give them the chance to rebuild their squad. But also there's been a marginal improvement in results. And I mean, West Ham are not tearing up any trees at the moment, but they've turned those disappointing losses into disappointing draws and started to pick up a couple of points here and there that's pulled them slightly clear of the table. Let's not forget it wasn't that long ago they were second from bottom, and now they're just outside the relegation zone. So there has been a small upturn in results, and this season is all about not being in the bottom three now, unfortunately. It's all about survival. Do you think from a West Ham perspective, Marley, they've looked at these fixtures in a chain and seen Newcastle, then we've got Chelsea, then we've got Tottenham. I think even the most optimistic West Ham fans might have thought they'd struggle to get even any points out of those games. So I guess from that perspective, they are still two points from safety and they are getting results against teams that they probably expect to lose to. Yeah, but I mean, the the sort of, they look daunting fixtures then. You know, five weeks ago, if you said you've got Newcastle away, you've got Spurs away and you've got Chelsea at home, like that looks like really tough. But the way those teams have been, you know, Newcastle haven't won in 
a few weeks and have sort of been distracted by the uh, the Carabao, so they got a draw there. You know, Chelsea have been have been awful for for a few weeks, and you know they got a point there. And Spurs are going into this in the worst form they've been in all season, I think. Um, losing in Europe in the week, Conte staying in Italy for for his recovery. Um, even though the last time Spurs um, lined up on a touchline without Conte and they had Stellini in, on the touchline, I think they beat Man City. So maybe they could have done with Conte um, being being there. But Spurs are sort of all over the place at the minute, you know. So West Ham have to look at this as as a sort of free hit of you know. Um, they can if they can get the points, then it just further fuels their, you know, um, if you want to call it a survival bid. It's probably a bit harsh to call it that, but let's just call it that for now. Um, and yeah, they've got they've got enough quality in there to to not be in the in the bottom three. You know, they've got way more quality than any, anyone around them in the in the squad. Rice, Paqueta, Bowen, Antonio, Scamacca when he comes back, Aguirre. Like, there's, there's loads of players there that could do, you know, should be doing a lot better. So just down to Moist to start getting um, getting results out of them. When it comes to Spurs, Jim, Marley says that they're in pretty shoddy form. Of course, lost to AC Milan in the Champions League midweek. Antonio Conte still recovering from that gallbladder operation. He's going to miss the weekend's game against West Ham. Are they simply too inconsistent to turn their current fifth place finish into a fourth place finish? Newcastle keep drawing, as Marley said. But are Tottenham too inconsistent to reach the Champions League places this season? They lost 4-1 last week to Leicester. I've got absolutely no idea how Spurs are fifth in the table. I don't, I don't know how it's happened because they don't seem to be getting the results to allow them to be in that position. But they just seem Everyone to... Everyone below them is rubbish. Yeah. That's <laughs> but then Brighton, like Brighton are playing really well. And how are Brighton below Spurs? It makes no sense. Mm. It does make... Spurs have won 12 games this season, whereas Brighton and Newcastle have both won 10. I think one I... place above and below, I respectively. I think Spurs and West Ham find themselves in similar scenarios, even though they're opposite ends of the table, in that they're kind of judged poorly because of the quality of football that's being played rather than the results that are being got. I mean, if you look at West Ham this season, the the games have been terrible. They've been posting like 25% possession in most games. And it's just, it's uninspiring and it's insipid. And I think that's the kind of situation Tottenham find themselves in at the moment, particularly with Antonio Conte. Everyone's done with him because it is boring to watch. It's insipid, it's dull, it's uninteresting football. And... Because of the style of football he plays, they do grind out results every now and again. But they don't deserve to be in the top four, do they? It's like you, you want the teams that finish in the European places to well, earn they're not. It. You want them, no, but, they, but but like, will they be? You want them to earn it. You want <laughs> yeah, to see the best football mean. being played, being awarded with positions. And they're not that. If they do get in, it'll be because Newcastle bottle it. <laughs> that was after that was after the the little whistle there. So I, I won't say <laughs> at that point. A little barb there fired by Jim uh, at the end of that one. Spurs against West Ham this weekend, 4.30 on Sunday. I think what's interesting is Brighton and Hove Albion actually have two games in hand on Tottenham and are just four points behind them at the moment. They play Fulham as well this weekend, Brighton. So whoever wins that, um, because both sides are level on points, are really going to be breathing down the necks of Tottenham. So... I think in a weird way, Tottenham would be hoping that Fulham come out on top because they've played more games than Brighton. Anyway, let's take a quick look at the Premier League table just so we know where everyone is. Top of the pile, Manchester City, having beaten Arsenal midweek, they move to the top of the standings. Level on points though with the Gunners, albeit the Gunners have a game in hand. 
to play. Manchester United a third on 46, as Newcastle United complete the top four on 41 points. Two points back in fifth, the aforementioned Tottenham Hotspur before sixth through to eighth, sees Brighton, Fulham and Brentford. Liverpool and Chelsea still floating in that mid-table region and miles off the Champions League spots in ninth and tenth. Bottom half, Villa, Palace, Leicester City, Nottingham Forest, Wolves, and then just above the relegation zone, West Ham United on 20 points. Leeds, one place and one point above the drop on 19 in the bottom three, is made up of Everton, Bournemouth, and still rooted to the bottom of the table, Southampton. So that's how the table looks. Will you be uh, sitting down with a beer on Sunday afternoon, Jim, to take in that West Ham match? I'll be pacing around my living room instead of having a beer. I'll have some tranquilizers. It's always a big one for West Ham, the Tottenham game. And... I- they always, West Ham do seem to raise themselves for me but Tottenham don't care about it as a derby but for West Ham it's the, it's the big derby for Newcastle United though Newcastle against Liverpool yeah revenge we need revenge hopefully we score a 98th minute winner and uh, and turn it back around on, on Liverpool like they did at Anfield but yeah there's a, there's a score to be settled there could have done with them not winning um, last week against Everton fairly comfortably but yeah uh, be a good game that and at yeah. home, so our, our, our proud home record is is on the line. Liverpool, the only team to have beaten Newcastle this season. The Premier League is shaping up to be exciting. It always is every weekend, but it certainly feels like as we hone in towards the run-in, there is a lot to still be decided. And whatever happens, we will keep you right up to date here on Football Social Daily. Hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode as we'll be talking all of the big news, views and opinions from the top flight of English football and indeed to former professional players as well. This week we spoke to Trevor Stephen, who told us about Maradona, about the time he nearly got spiked in the dressing room at Mar- say that's a story worth listening to so just scroll back in the timeline and you can find that but have a great weekend whatever you're up to whatever football you're watching and from myself Marley and Jim that's it we'll see you on Monday Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.